and muggy outside, but man, it's good to be in here to worship the Lord together, and so we're ready to go after Him. Why don't you stand with us tonight, if you don't mind? We want to pray and just welcome the Lord. He's so good. He is so good. Let's pray together. Father, we love you tonight. God, we thank you uh, just for the blessing of being called sons and daughters. Uh, we ask you, Lord, to be with us in this place tonight, that your, that your spirit, your presence would just come mightily, Lord. Bring revelation of your word, God, in a new and a fresh way. Inspire us, challenge us, Lord God, with the things that you would have us to know and to grow in. And God, let us draw closer to you as we see the day approaching of your soon return. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory uh, for all of it. In the strong, amazing name of Jesus, we pray and believe in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
worship unto him. Come on, all around this room together. Father, we just bless your name tonight. God, how we exalt and praise you. How worthy you are, how holy you are. We thank you that you are the light of the world. That you step down into the darkness, God, to be a light, to, to show us the direction, the path for life. God, we're here to glorify you, to exalt you, to thank you, to praise you. God, just for the very breath we breathe, the, the food that we eat, God, the very life that you blessed us with. God, we celebrate you tonight. We thank you. God, we exalt your holiness and your glory. Precious Redeemer, God and King, hallelujah. Praise be unto your name, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, isn't he worthy of our praise together tonight? Yeah, come on, give him that hand clap of praise. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight. Welcome them in the Lord. <clears throat> Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Man, what a great Wednesday night congregation. I appreciate your attendance so very much. Uh, visitors, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. We're glad that you chose to be here on a Wednesday night. few announcements as we get started tonight. Men's breakfast is coming up this Saturday morning at 8.30 uh, back in the fellowship hall. Always will be a good, uh, good bite of food to eat and always a good word to share. And so... I encourage all the fellows to come and be a part of that. Nursery uh, workers meeting, nursery volunteer meeting uh, is coming up this Sunday uh, following our morning service back in the fellowship hall. Um, we encourage, if you are, would like to be involved with our nursery ministry, uh, we encourage you to be there. And if you are involved, be, we encourage you to be there for sure. Uh, Memorial Day cookouts coming up on the 29th. Uh, that'll take the place of our evening service that Sunday evening. Be 6 o'clock down in the, the pavilion. Uh, good hamburgers. Brother Lynn Hawkersmith's got us some good hamburgers set up, and so I'm excited to try them out. And, of course, them great old big four-in-one hot dogs will be on the menu. And uh, so we're, we always like those giant hot dogs, and so come and be a part of that. Kids Crusade's coming up, you guys, June the 6th through the 8th. Uh, it'll be from 6 to 8 o'clock at night. Uh, it'll be Monday through Wednesday this year. And uh, so if, if you'd like to, if you've got some kiddos, some grandkids or something like that, uh, we'd love for them to, to come and be a part of that. Uh, Miss Courtney's going to start promoting that and getting the word out real soon. Uh, we're excited about Kids Crusade and, and we want to see this place filled up with, with young people uh, for sure this year. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on. A quick thank you to uh, Courtney and Keisha uh, for filling in for worship tonight. You guys always do awesome. Amen. They're incredible. And we love them. Miss Julie is here, but she has no voice tonight. And uh, from what I understand, Joy's rejoicing. And so, and no, I'm, I'm just teasing. He's, I'm sure he's very sad not to hear your lovely voice. And so, uh, but please be praying for our sister. She's got some junk crud going on. And so she just needs healing uh, in her body. Uh, praise reports tonight as we go to our prayer list. Of course, we had uh, baccalaureate services this past weekend. I uh, was so very proud of, of both the schools. We were able to, to make the 2 o'clock thing uh, over at Emmanuel Baptist. And man, what an outstanding job they did. I, I was so blessed 
Um, that church was full of people, and the uh, biggest part of them had never heard the name of Jesus before uh, in, in a preaching manner. And uh, I was so, so proud and so tickled of the word that went forth. And um, I, I know she doesn't like to be bragged on. She's sick of being bragged on, but it all happened because of Kim McLemore. And uh, we're proud of you, lady. Uh, we really, really are. We're, we're so thankful. Yes, please do that. And uh, the Lone Grove one, uh, we went to it as well. And uh, man, the graduates all looked uh, just, just awesome. Brother David Gardner spoke at that and did uh, just a great, great job. And, and uh, it's always good uh, when you get to fellowship with people from other churches and, and other uh, backgrounds. We had a great time at, at both, both baccalaureate services. There's another one uh, coming up this Sunday following, I think it's at 2 o'clock. Uh, it's the Plainview Baccalaureate service. I'm not sure. Somebody would have to tell me, and I don't see anybody in the room that would know. Um, it's somewhere. It's at First Baptist. That's where it's at. It's at First Baptist downtown Ardmore uh, at 2 o'clock. And so if you'd like to go and honor uh, Ethan uh, Lambie, uh, we would love for you to, to go and honor him as well. Um, Heart to Heart was last night. Uh, the girls, I'm so proud of our ladies. Uh, most, most all of our girls were involved in some way or the other. Uh, they, they prepared food, took it to the soup kitchen uh, downtown, and, and served uh, the people there last night. And uh, they were so happy with the food that they received. If you cooked last night, uh, I know many of you. Sister Vonda sent out the message and said, I want some chicken and noodles or chicken and dumplings. And, and lots of people were like, what's chicken and noodles? Well, it's kind of the substitute cheap out way of, of chicken and dumplings. That's what we have at our house is chicken and noodles. It's actually chicken and dumplings, but anyway, uh, you use pre-made noodles instead of the dumplings. But um, they were so happy with the food that they received. They, they said how good it was, and, and uh, just that they were very blessed to have a home-cooked meal. Uh, most of the time, it's my understanding that the things that they receive are like pizza or hot dogs or, you know, chicken nuggets or something like that. And so uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to those who went and served. And uh, what a great, great uh, outpouring of love from the church it was. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to you guys. Um, just a lot of stuff going on. I encourage you to always stay in contact with your bulletin. Uh, that way you're connected with things that are happening and upcoming events. Thanks to being in prayer with us about tonight. Please continue to pray for our nation. Uh, we, we need unity in the United States of America. Uh, I believe greater than we've ever needed it before. Uh, the, the things that are happening, the things that are unfolding are, are just the deterioration of the unity uh, between races, between cultures. Uh, it's, it's just horrible the things that are happening. And so please continue to pray for our nation. Uh, Brother Ronnie Burns, I got to talk to him uh, yesterday. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know. I talked to him this week, and uh, I got to tell him happy birthday and, and uh, see how many spankings that he had gotten so far. And he said, if everything went well, they're planning on being in service with us this weekend. And so uh, it's been a while since they've been able to be here, but they're talking about uh, his antibiotics working well, and uh, he's doing good. And so glad, glad, glad about that. Uh, Mama Betty, how's, how's she doing? What's the latest report? Praise God. Okay. So for and got you know what she wanted to get wow. and what she's looking for. So, but anyway, she, I mean she's trying and but I I think she's doing 
Okay. I think she's actually doing better. We don't. I don't know the numbers from her lab work or not, but that should help tell the story. I Just mean, keep her to prayer. She's she's trying. So okay. All right. Well, we're continuing to pray for for Miss Betty. Uh, just complete healing. Uh, Brother Curtis, we're lifting up every day. Brother Curtis, remind me of the family's name that you told me. Greyhouse. Greyhouse. Okay. Let's remember the the Greyhouse family uh, tonight in our prayers. Um, just a, a tragic. loss of life and so please please remember that family in your prayers tonight um, let me give you guys an opportunity tonight needs or names things that are going on with you what can we pray with you about uh, praise reports anybody want to brag on the Lord that's that's always fitting in an order too. prayer request who has one of those tonight you're a healthy bunch how about a worship pastor why don't we pray for her tonight wouldn't that be awesome uh, if sister Julie was feeling better and and uh, her voice was returned, and, and she felt she felt 100%. And so uh, please hold her up. Praying for Brother Randy's hair to grow back. Uh, that's a good thing to pray for as well. <laughs> he walked in, and I, I looked at him, and I said, Shazam, brother, what happened? Amen. <laughs> he got a boy's summertime haircut. That's what we're calling that. And so... Uh, Air conditioning, the built-in air conditioning, and so you look good, brother Randy. No matter what, and so uh, just close to the close to the cuff is what that is. Jonathan wears that all the time, and so I mean, it's, they were laughing over here. I could tell what was going on with that. So. <laughs> You're gonna pray for Randy. Pray for brother Jonathan and Pastor. Come on, I'm in the club too. And so, anyway, you can't make fun of somebody unless you're going through it yourself. Okay. And so it's okay to get away with fluffy people and bald heads. It's, I can get away with that. Anyway, I saw a hand. Marla? Amen. Also, I know um, Marla and David didn't say anything about it, but there were several homes that were affected by the storms that came through this past Sunday. Uh, a lot of, lot of damage that was done over their direction. And so one of their neighbors uh, that lives right down the road from them had the front door blown into their house and David and Marla's roof blew off their barn or blew into their barn and and uh, lost a lot of stuff and so uh, several people you know kind of that direction kind of the the uh, Wilson or the uh, the Dixon direction um, got got the brunt of the storms that came through and so uh, be praying for a speedy recovery for them why don't we pray together tonight? Uh, let's take these needs and these names to the Lord. Stand with me if you don't mind, and we want to we carry these things to the Lord tonight. I mean, you know, we do more than just go through the motions of prayer, but we believe God hears and answers our prayers, right? Uh, it's not a ritual rut or routine that we're going through. It's a, it's a time that we pause in our services. We don't do this any other time of the week. We don't do this on Sunday morning. We don't do this on Wednesday night. Uh, but it's an opportunity to share prayer requests. It's an opportunity to share praise reports. Uh, Don and Nancy, they traveled, uh, were away for a few weeks, made it there safely, made it back safely. Praise God. There, there's, there's things to pause and give God praise for, and there's things to pause and say, Lord, take care of this for us, would you please? And so that's what this time is about. And so let's do that together tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Uh, as always, Lord, we know that we can do nothing without you. That's why we run to your throne, Lord God, to give you praise. And that's why we run to your throne, God, to ask of you uh, the things that, that we're in need of tonight. 
We, we pray tonight for the Greyhouse family, Lord. We pray that you surround them with peace and strength and comfort. God, give them a help and a hope that can really only come from you. Lord, I pray tonight for, for Sonia. Lord, I pray comfort and strength and peace over her. Lord, all of these that have suffered from the storms that have ravaged their, their area, their region, Lord, I pray for a speedy cleanup, a speedy recovery. God, I pray that you intervene on their behalf right now. Lord, I pray for our nation. Lord, I, I speak just a, a unity, a healing for our nation. God, I, I pray for a unity and a healing between the races. I, I know that the enemy would like nothing better than to divide and to conquer. Uh, but Lord God, I, I'm just trusting you and believing you right now to do uh, this mighty miracle and, and to bring the United States of America together as one, Lord God. May we focus our attention not upon our differences, but upon our unities, Lord. And Father, I pray right now that you'd have your way in this meeting. Be glorified and be praised. And God, we give you thanks for it all. In Jesus Christ, amazing name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give him a hand clap together if you wouldn't mind, please. Amen. God bless you tonight as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Isn't he good tonight? Isn't he good tonight? I believe we serve a living God tonight. How many would agree with that one? Our God's not dead. He's alive. How many believe that? He's still moving. He's still speaking. He's still on his throne. Our God's still alive today, church. Amen. Tonight, we continue the, the series we began last week in regard to the, the seven letters to the seven churches. Uh, what we began discovering last week as we dug into the Word was that uh, these letters that were written to these churches in the book of Revelation, though that they may have been written many, many years ago, the, the, the truth is that they apply to us today as individuals and they apply to us today as, as a church as well. It's not something that was just written for these particular churches, but I believe it's something that, that can be translated, something that can be handed down from generation to generation, such as is the Word of God. The Word of God is not just for a yesterday thing. It's a for a right now. It's for a today thing. Amen? And so these seven letters to these seven churches apply to us as much today as they ever have. And I thank God today that He wanted these letters to be sent to these churches. Uh, and then I praise God today that they also still apply to you and me. I, I thank God that we can read the Word and it come alive and mean just as much to us right now today as it ever has before. Uh, the, the truth is, is that our God speaks to us through His Word. How many believe that tonight? God speaks through His Word. As you open the Bible, as, as you begin to read the Holy Scriptures, the, the Word of God is revealed by the Holy Spirit of God, and then the Word of God comes alive inside of you through that revelation of the Holy Spirit of God, and, and God begins to teach you, and God begins to, to show you things, and God begins to open up things to you. He speaks to you by His Word. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God tonight? But here's the really cool news. God doesn't just speak by His Word, but God speaks by the Holy Spirit as well. Right? God speaks by the revelation, a message in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Yes, God speaks by the Holy Spirit that way, but, but God also speaks via a, a still small voice that's inside of you. Uh, have you ever had the Lord tell you, stop, dummy? Amen. Have you ever had the Lord say, turn right? Come on. Have you ever had the Lord say, turn left? 
Rick and I talk about this all the time. Rick's an old maintenance man, and, and I work several years as a maintenance guy myself. And, and, and a lot of times you'd be in the middle of working on something, and, and it'd be tore apart, and you'd have things spread all over the floor, trying to get to the, to the bottom, to the root cause of what was broken, what was going on with that piece of equipment. And, and many times you'd have to walk away from it and, uh, and, and go home and, and go to bed and come back the next day and start to work on it again. But something many times, that uh, as witnessed by Rick, and is witnessed by your pastor, something many times would happen overnight. You'd dream about working on that piece of equipment. And through that dream, through the revelation of that dream, it would come to you in the middle of the night how to fix that stinking thing. And you'd get up and you'd go back to work the next day. And guess what? What you dreamed about was the exact right fix. Listen, nobody can tell me any different. That was the Holy Spirit of God that was helping me get through that situation. That's how He works. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through the Word. He speaks to you directly through dreams, interpretation, through that still small voice that'll, that'll tell you to stop or to go or turn right or turn left. The, the, the good news is our Heavenly Father still speaks to His church and to His people today. That's the bottom line, right? And God still wants us to know He loves us. He still wants us to know He cares about us. He still wants you to know that in a mixed up, confused, turned upside down world like the United States of America seems to be more and more like every day, God wants you to still know that He's still with you, that He hasn't left you, that He hasn't forsaken you, that He's still on your side, right? He still wants you to know that He's with you every step of the way. But how many also understand tonight that just because God loves you and just because God's talking to us and, and just because He's bringing revelation knowledge to us doesn't mean that we're never going to have to go through some hard times from time to time. The, the truth is the Word of God speaks an awful lot about having to endure and having to press on and having to persevere. And, and friend, I've got to tell you, the Word of God wouldn't use words like endurance and perseverance and pressing on unless there was something to endure and press on through. The, the fact of the matter is, as we go through this life, as we go about trying to serve God, we're going to have to endure some difficult times. And many times it's even confirmed and, and brought to our understanding as times of, of tribulation, times of persecution. The, the church that we focus on tonight in this series concerning the seven letters to the seven churches is the church at Smyrna. Uh, it was a church that was going through a time of persecution. Can I tell you tonight, church family, that if the enemy brought persecution at, against the church at Smyrna, then there's no doubt in my heart or my spirit that the, the enemy of our soul will bring persecution against the church at Long Grove, Oklahoma. You need to know if he brought persecution against the early day Christians, then he'll bring persecution against the latter day Christians as well. You need to understand tonight that, that what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to get in our hearts and our understanding is this. Even though we may go through hard times, even though we may go through persecutions, we can sustain the, the walk that God wants us to walk. We can still represent Him with a heart full of love and mercy even though we're going through a difficult time. He wants you to understand it's no reason to stop. It's no reason to give up just because we're going through a hard time. Amen? So tonight, through the Word of God, I want to focus on that second church that, that is in that seven letters to the seven churches, and that's the church at Smyrna. I want to talk to you about the persecuted church. Find your Bibles, if you would. We're going to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 2. I want to read verses 8 through 11 with you. 
The Lord speaking to the church at Smyrna says, To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, He who was dead and came to life, I know your works, I know your tribulation, your, your poverty, but you're actually rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which are about to su- you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight for your word. May revelation knowledge come alive inside of us tonight, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to help me to to, to speak your word in a way that it's clear, that it's understandable, and Lord, in a way that it can be applied to our lives today. Lord, leave nothing out in this meeting that you wish to do, and God, may, may you be the one who receives all the praise. God, it's never about any of us. God, it's always about you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him another hand clap if you wouldn't mind together, please. How many believe tonight that you are called to be an overcomer? Oh, that was weak. That was pretty thin. Let me try it again. How many believe tonight we're all called to be overcomers? Absolutely. Even in this life, this new life that we've been blessed with, the the fact is that uh, even though that God's called us to be an overcomer, the fact is if we're going to be an overcomer, we got to understand there's going to have to be some things that we overcome, right? There's going to have to be some things that are not so pleasant that come along in life. That's, that's just a part of life. Jesus said, sufficient is the day its own trouble. He was talking about worry. Don't worry about tomorrow because every day has got enough trouble of its own. In other words, every day we're going to have to go through some unpleasant things. There's, there's things that come our way from time to time that we really wish we didn't have to go through. The the truth is, when we make a clear and bold stand for Jesus Christ, when you get a little bit radical, when you get a little bit Pentecostal, when you get a little bit loud, when you get a little bit radical for Jesus, the fact of the matter is, you get a big old bullseye drawn upon your life. People are not going to like you because of it, and the enemy of your soul is not going to like you because of it either. And the truth is tonight that we as Christians will face some persecution for the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to get to it later, but I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. If we're not facing persecution for the name of Jesus Christ, we must question our stand. We must question our bold lifestyle for Jesus. If somebody's not attacking you for your faith, then friend, maybe you're not living your faith out loud. Just putting it out there. See, that's what happened when uh, here in the church at Smyrna. Smyrna was a a, a city that was located about 25 miles north of Ephesus, the church we spoke about last week. Smyrna was a port city. It had an excellent harbor, and it had a lot of people that came and went through that particular city. Uh, The church at Smyrna struggled with two hostile forces against it. First was the Jewish population, uh, a Jewish population that was strongly opposed to Christianity. Uh, They they observed the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They observed the Old Testament law. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. They didn't make a stand for Jesus Christ. And so anybody who came along and threatened their lifestyle was somebody to rise up and to rebel against. The the old Jewish lifestyle was, was strongly opposed to Christianity. And secondly... 
they had a non-Jewish population that was a part of Smyrna uh, that was loyal to Rome and supported emperor worship. They wanted to worship a man. They wanted to worship graven images instead of worshiping the true and living God. Persecution for Christians were inevitable in an environment such as this. Church, can I tell you that persecutions for Christians are inevitable in the environment that we're living in today. I want you to understand, we live and face some hostile forces that are rising up against Christians and against the church today. First of all, you're going to face people who declare themselves to be Christians. They declare themselves to be believers. But because you're a full gospel message believer, or because you have liberty and worship, because you're a little bit radical, because you're a little bit loud and Pentecostal, they're going to rise up against you and say, that's just too much. Listen, it can't never be too much when it comes to serving our God. It can't never be too much when it comes to worshiping Him. It can't never be too much when it comes to giving Him everything we've got. There's going to be people who claim to be Christians who will rise up against you because of your radical stand for Jesus Christ. And in second place, you're also going to face non-believers who will say that because you're a Christian, you must be uneducated. Because you're a Christian, you're just using that old Christianity as a crutch. Uh, You're just using that old Christianity just to help you get through life. You must be weak because you have to depend upon Christianity. And my response to them is, duh. Absolutely, man. I need Jesus every day of my life. Yes, I am weak, but praise God, He is strong. I might not be able to do anything, but He can do anything. He can do all things, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, I'll put my trust in Him. These people, believers and non-believers alike, can come against the Christian. They can come against the church and bring opposition into our lives. Jesus said these words. He said that as long as we're living in the world, we will face opposition. In John 16 and 33, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He didn't stop there. In Mark chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus said, you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Come on, aren't you glad that we can endure to the end and be saved tonight? The the, the thing I believe the Holy Spirit would have us to understand tonight is that just because we may face opposition, just because there may be persecution that come our direction. Listen, we believe Jesus is coming and we believe Jesus is coming soon. But the fact is nobody knows the hour, the day, or the time when He's going to return. And so how much persecution will the church have to go through before the soon return of our Savior? Nobody knows. How bad is it going to get, Pastor? How much higher is gasoline going to go? Well, listen, friend, it's increased every day for the last 12 days. I don't know how much higher gasoline's going to go. I don't know when we're going to get baby formula on every shelf in America. Do you understand the, the, the idiocy of, uh, of not having baby formula in the United States of America? Come on, man. Sorry. How much worse is it going to get before Jesus comes? We don't have any way of knowing. But I do know this beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he who endures to the end will be saved. 
And, and so even though we study about a persecuted church, doesn't mean that we throw in the towel. It doesn't mean we quit. It doesn't mean we give up. It doesn't mean we back off. It doesn't mean we turn around. It means we keep on keeping on until Jesus comes. Some things I want to share with you tonight about the persecuted church from the Word of God. And the first thing we want to talk about tonight is this. We have comfort in Jesus. We've got comfort in Jesus. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, And to the angel of the church at Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Thank God tonight for the help of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful tonight that He's with you every day to help you? Oh, I'm so glad. The encouragement that I find as I read and I study through the Word of God is the, is the fact that even though God's people may have faced hard times, even though they may have faced some persecution, Jesus is still there to speak peace into their lives. He's still there to calm the storms. Aren't you grateful for that tonight? Sadly, there's a whole bunch of prosperity preachers out in the old world today that'll tell you that when you get saved, that, that all of a sudden life's supposed to be a bed of roses and no more problems, no more trials, no more tests, and, and you ought to have more money than you're able to burn. In fact, you ought to be able to take all the money you got and use it to heat your house with. Listen, that flies contrary to the truth found in the Word of God. That's not found in the Word of God anywhere. The, the fact is, yes, we're blessed for being a son or daughter of God. Yes, we're highly favored. Yes, greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. But that doesn't change the fact that in this world, we're going to have to go through some hard times from time to time. Maybe even persecution from time to time. Thank the Lord for the comfort that we find from Jesus Christ, even during the hard times and even during the persecution. We don't find comfort in a man. Come on, we don't find comfort in an organization or a government. But friend, you can always find comfort in Jesus Christ. Here in verse 8, we see Jesus wants them to know that it's Him speaking directly to them. He says it's, it's the first and the last that's speaking. Jesus was the first and the last. Jesus was the one who was dead and now is alive again. And He's the one speaking comfort directly to the church at Smyrna. Church, can I tell you tonight that He's still speaking comfort directly into the lives of His sons and His daughters, especially during the days of trials that we're going through right now. Jesus wants you to hear very plainly and clearly Matthew 11 and 28 where He says, Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Anybody toss and turn through the night? Can I get a witness? Yesterday was my day off. Yesterday was my play day. And normally on my day off, I do more than I should do. And by the time I went to bed last night, we're, we're doing some, some repair stuff in our bathroom. And, and the part that I needed to, to finish the project that I was working on didn't show up till 3 o'clock yesterday on UPS. And so that means that, that at 9 o'clock last night, I was still in the midst of the bathroom trying to do this remodel project. And my wife hollers at me from the living room and says, if you don't stop for the night, I'm going to bed without you. And so finally I shut everything down, I turned everything off, and I went and took 18 ibuprofens. Okay, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I took enough to, to help. But by the time I, I, was, I was down and I was up, and I was down and I was up, and, I, and listen, I'm 55 in, years old and 200 and none of your business pounds. 
And all of that up and down and on that concrete crawled around on my legs and my knees. The back of my legs, and I don't know why it hurts right here so bad, but it hurts right there. I'm just... Gluteus maximus squats. And you'd think on a night like that, on a day like that, that a guy would go to bed, you'd hit that bed, and you'd just sleep all night long. But you remember a minute ago when I was talking about when something was broke, you'd wake up in the middle of the night and know how to fix it? 2.45, man. Pa-ding! I mean, the lights came on. I was awake. There was no, I, I was hurting so bad. My legs were sore. And I was like, oh, Father God, please just let me go back to sleep. I don't just, I just want to go to sleep. 3.30, I finally went back to sleep last night. Sometimes you have those moments when you, when you don't have rest. But you know what Jesus said? Everybody who's laboring, heavy laden, that we can go to Him, and He's better than ibuprofen. Hallelujah! John chapter 15, verse 18, Jesus said, Know this, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. You know, sometimes we're going through some junk, we're going through some crud, and we think, I'm the only one that's ever gone through this before. I'm the only one who's ever had this problem. I'm the only one that's ever had somebody rise up against me because I'm trying to live my witness in my workplace. I'm the only one who's ever had somebody talk about me behind my back because I pray over my food. I'm the only one who's ever had somebody not be my friend anymore because I took my Bible to work one day. I'm the only one that's ever gone through that before. Jesus said, Bubba, know this, if they hate you, they hated me a long time before they hated you. Take, take solace, take comfort in understanding. Man, he's gone through it. He's been there and done that and got the t-shirt and he overcame through it all. Amen? Listen, I want you to understand tonight. You might have walked in the door in the midst of this great, big, ginormous storm going on in your life. Jesus still has the power. He still has the authority to step to the front of the boat in your life and say, Peace, be still, and bring comfort and calm the storms that are going on in your life. Even in the midst of persecution, He can bring comfort. What do we need to know about the persecuted church? We have comfort in Jesus Christ. Another thing we need to see about the persecuted church is this. We need a removal of fear. Poke your neighbor and tell get them out. Get the fear out of your life. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 in the Word of the Lord says, Do not fear. Well, we can stop right there, right? Do not fear any of those things which, are about, which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. I'm so grateful tonight that my God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And if a spirit of fear didn't come from God, then church, we don't need a spirit of fear in operation in our lives tonight. He don't want us to be afraid of anything. Oh, He wants us to have holy reverence. He wants us to have a holy respect. Yes, I believe there's such a thing as a holy fear of Almighty God, but God doesn't want you to be afraid of the things of this world or the things of life. Pastors taught you from the time I've been your pastor, the root cause of all fear is death. What are you ultimately afraid of because you're afraid of that crazy clown? Come on, anybody got a fear of clowns? No. I was looking at you. <laughs> Courtney, 
You got a clown, you got a clown deal going on? I hate clowns. Why am I afraid of the clown? Because you're afraid you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and he's going to have a butcher knife. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> she won't sleep tonight now, right? Pastors told you on countless occasions, my, my fear is roller coasters. Brother from another mother. It's not that I'm afraid of the roller coaster, okay? It's a piece of metal. It's got fiberglass. Some of them have wood. I mean, I'm not afraid of fiberglass or wood or metal. But I am afraid about doing a, a triple half gainer of 4,000 foot up in the air. I'm afraid of, of it dumping me out in outer space someplace and leaving me there. I'm not afraid of the roller coaster. I'm afraid I'm going to fall out of the thing and die. That's the ultimate cause of all fear. Why is Sister Vonda deathly afraid of snakes? Because she's afraid one's going to bite her on the throat and kill her to death, right? Kill her to death. It's... We don't want to die, and so that's what creates this sense of fear inside of you. Listen, God's plan and God's desire is that there would be even the removal of the fear of death. I think the Christian should not be afraid of dying. Now, I still ain't getting on a roller coaster, but I ain't scared of dying. I'm not going to die by way of a roller coaster, good Lord. If you were to do a little bit of study in early church history, you'd find a story of a man by the name of Polycarp. How many of you ever heard of Polycarp before? Polycarp lived between 70 and 155 A.D. Polycarp was a direct disciple of the Apostle John. His most well-known contribution in life was his death. And Polycarp was, was a martyr for Jesus Christ. Polycarp was the bishop or the pastor of the church that we're reading about tonight in Smyrna. He was the pastor there. Uh, in, in the middle of an angry rob, uh, the Roman emperor had unleashed these bitter attacks against Christians and, and against the church during this time period. And in the midst of this angry mob, a, a Roman persecutor took pity on such a gentle man as Polycarp. And he told him if he would pro but proclaim that Caesar is Lord, he'd let him live. If he would only make the proclamation and make a small offering of incense to, to Caesar's statue, Polycarp could escape torture and death. This was Polycarp's response. He said, 86 years I've served Christ and he never did me any wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? And Polycarp's response for that, his, the reaction that he got from his Roman persecutor for that, Polycarp was burned to death at the stake. That's what he is well known for. Man, I'm telling you what, it, it brings to mind the scripture that the Holy Spirit said, we're confident, yes, well pleased, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what are you going to do to me? How can you threaten me? These angry mobs that are upset because people make a stand for life for unborn children, these angry mobs that are upset because you make a, a stand for morality and, and, and marriage that's between a man and a woman. Listen, when, when people rise up and, and begin to threaten and to begin to raise their volume and begin to be angry because of a stand for morality and, and they even threaten to take your life, friend, let me tell you, you can't threaten a dead person with death. For we are dead in Christ, but we're resurrected in Him. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. You can't threaten somebody who's already dead with death. I believe tonight we need to remove the fear of death. Oh, and I understand sometimes that, that we think about somebody killing us and, and we're not necessarily thinking about our, our very mortal life, but we're thinking about they're, they're going to excommunicate us and we won't be a part of their social club anymore. Or, or it may affect us financially or it may affect us socially. And so uh, we, we want to just kind of lighten our stand for Jesus Christ. We want to be a little bit quiet for Jesus and, and not live as out loud. Listen, friend, to, to, to live is vain, but to die is gain in Christ Jesus. And if we'll live out loud for Him, we can get rid of all the fear that would try to grip us and hold us from being who God has called us to be. What do we need to know tonight about the persecuted church? Church, we need to get rid of the fear of death in our lives. One more thing I want to share with you about the persecuted church tonight, and that's this. Thank God we have an eternal reward. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me tonight. Verse 10 says, Do not fear those things which you're about to uh, suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison uh, and that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will come and give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Praise God tonight for a reward. How many of you are glad and looking forward to a reward one day? I don't have a penalty waiting on me. I don't have a punishment waiting upon me. I've got a reward waiting upon me. My Jesus said in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Come on, I've got a reward coming. How about you? The reward this Lord is speaking about here to the church at Smyrna is a whole lot more than a trophy that you put upon a shelf. It's a whole lot more than money that you might put in the bank. He's talking about an eternal, everlasting reward in heaven. Your name written down in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. In the book of Matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 12, the word says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Man, did you ever think about you being blessed because of persecution? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you uh, falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Come on, great is your reward in heaven. Anybody ever had somebody talk about you? I pray a lot for people's lips to get super glued shut. I don't know if that's the accurate way to pray or not, but I've told you before, you go back and read in about Psalms 32, 33 along in there and read some of that stuff that David prayed where he'd say, Lord, all my enemies, just kill them all. You know, and David was counted as a man after God's own heart. And I figure if David can pray that way, it's okay for us to pray that way as well. God just super glue their mouth shut. Uh, just, just take their lips and just stick them together so they can't say anything about anybody ever again. But the Bible says that we're supposed to rejoice and be exceedingly glad for our reward is in heaven even when people talk about us. 
Even when people go behind our back and run us down, even when we're going through a hard time, we've got a reward in heaven. But the slanderer, the backbiter, the gossip, the Bible says they have their reward as well. Amen? Verse 10 and 11, the Lord says that, that this reward comes only by being faithful and by overcoming, not giving in to the persecution. What's that mean, Pastor? That means when persecution comes our way, instead of crumbling and giving in and saying, oh, I was just kidding about all that Jesus stuff. I mean, golly shucks, guys. I want to be your friend. To be a friend with the world is to be an enemy to God, church. We can overcome persecution when we'll rise up and make a stand for Jesus Christ, regardless of who's around us or what's going on. One of my favorite passages of scriptures is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working far more exceeding and eternal waiting glory. We don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Word says that in comparison of our eternity, in comparison to our eternal reward, that the things that we're going through, they're temporary. The tests, the trials, they're but for a moment. It's just something that we're going through. We're not going to stay in that valley forever. We're going to come out on the other side, and when He rises, we'll rise with Him. When that trumpet shall sound, we shall get up. Come on, there's a reward waiting upon us. Something greater than this old world will ever offer any of us. We've got to ask ourselves a question tonight, though, this. Are we going through anything because of Jesus? Well, you know, gasoline is high. Yes. Yes. But it's high all over the, the United States of America. Well, you know... Hamburger? You can't buy hamburger. Yes, but the price of hamburgers high all across the United States of America. Well, baby food, Pastor, baby food. You know, that's just targeted at Christians. No. No. Everybody goes through the same things. There's, there's storms that, that are generalized, right? The, the gas prices affect everybody in the United States of America, except for those people, you know, that have got those electric cars. I'm not making fun of you if you've got a Prius. I'll just drive by you and honk as we go by. It's not a big deal. This past uh, Sunday, uh, Sister Vaughn and I went and ate. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it was Sunday. Went and ate at Interurban. And as we were leaving uh, to go uh, to the, the baccalaureate thing, uh, there, this is not an exaggeration. I'm not kidding you when I say this. You know, there's, there's little electric charging stations are out there in their parking lot. Every one of them was full. And there was kids out playing behind their cars because they had to wait for the car to get a charge so they could go on down the road someplace. And there was a string of cars that were out in the parking lot waiting for the next slot. It's my understanding that you can get enough charge on one of those electric cars to drive from Dallas to Interurban to charge your car up again so you can go on to Oklahoma City. Come on, we might as well get a train going again, y'all. A horse and buggy wouldn't have to stop and get water but once or twice. <laughs> Stuff like that, storms like that, that affects everybody. Everybody's going through difficulties with the high price of fuel costs, right? 
Everybody's going through stuff like that. Moms that have little babies, all of them have it in common. They're all trying to find formula to feed their kids. Uh, the, the price of groceries in the grocery store, it, it's, it's outrageous. It's very high. But everybody's having to pay the same price for groceries. Now the question where it comes down to the nitty gritty where the rubber meets the road is this. What persecution are we actually suffering for the namesake of Jesus Christ? Who's actually rising up against us because we're a Christian? Are we living out loud? The the question we got to ask ourselves is, would we be like Polycarp? Polycarp was arrested for being a Christian. Could we be arrested for being a Christian? Is there enough evidence on us to convict us of being a Christian? Are we going through persecution for being a Christian? Now, I'm not telling you it's something pleasant to go through, but I am telling you that if you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God and you're living your testimony out loud, there ought to be some opposition coming against you because of that. I live in a pretty sheltered environment right now. As a pastor of a church, the only uh, mean people I work with on a daily basis are in the room, so I'm not going to talk about her right now. She's tough. She carries three or four guns in her purse, and I I wouldn't mess with her, y'all. No, she's the best friend a guy could have. She's, she's my secretary, but she's my sister. And I think she would defend me to the death. And I work in a very safe environment. Chasing Lamb is a nut. Um, there's times I wonder if that boy's got a, you know, any rational thought in his head. I mean, he's always, he's always joking. He's always cutting up. He's always doing something silly. And, and uh, he's a lot of fun to work with. I don't, I don't face a whole lot of stuff because of him. Um, he, he's he's a, the best youth pastor I've ever had. Uh, I work with Sister Marla every day. I, I work in a Christian environment, but I didn't always. When I worked at Dresser Rand, let me tell you something, I, I went through a whole lot of crud because I made a stand for Jesus Christ. I carried my Bible in my dinner bucket. And when we'd, we'd take break at lunchtime and I'd sit down and them guys would be talking about their, their weekend or telling their dirty jokes, I'd open up my Bible and begin to read. Preacher. They didn't say preacher like y'all say preacher. They'd say preacher like it was a cuss word, right? I feel very blessed to be in the environment. I cannot tell you that I don't go sometimes to, to Walmart and walk through there with a Christian t-shirt on and have somebody give me the cross eye look like I've got purple hair and a mohawk, right? You got a Jesus shirt on? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think it's to be expected, guys. And I really believe that in the hour that we're living in, we can only expect to see it increase more and more and more in the hour that we're living in. Jesus Christ is returning, and so the persecution is going to be heating up. And I submit to you tonight, we've got to make a stand and never back down for Jesus Christ. There's a reward that's waiting on us greater than any persecution that we may go through. There's coming a time, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, I've got one more scripture. It says that there's going to come a time that when we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. There's going to come a time when the trumpet's going to sound and gravity's going to let go of you. But I have to question that if we give in to the persecution. Only to those who overcome. Church, we're living in the hour and the time just prior to the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We must understand that persecution against the church and against the people of God will only continue to grow and increase. 
We must also know and understand that Jesus told us that the church would be persecuted. But He also teaches us and tells us to the church at Smyrna and to the church at Long Grove that we have comfort in Him. Jesus is with you continually. He teaches us and tells us we need to get rid of the fear of death out of our life. Take a stand for Jesus regardless of what the cost they tell you may be. We have an eternal reward. Jesus said that he who overcomes will have eternal life with him forever and ever. We get to be with the Lord. Church, we can make a stand for Jesus Christ even in the midst of persecution. How many agree with that tonight? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again tonight for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to to be in your house. Thank you for the ears that are here to hear, the hearts that are open to receive. And God, thank you that your word never falls on, on deaf ears, but God, always on fertile soil to spring forth a harvest, God, of righteousness. Help us, Lord, even in times and in hours of persecution, that God, regardless of what may come against us, God, we can make a stand for you. We love you tonight, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, with your heads bowed just for a moment, I, I want to ask you tonight, first and foremost, about your relationship with Jesus. Is it something that you can stand on? Listen, He is a solid rock, a firm foundation, unwavering, unchanging, unrelenting. He is the rock that we must stand on regardless of who we're around or what's going on in our life, regardless of the persecution. But if our relationship with Him is more of shifting sand, then when the persecution comes, we're going to be washed away by the storms of life. I'm asking you tonight about your relationship with Jesus. If you know Him as Savior on a firm foundation, then I'm going to ask you tonight to to just give Him praise. But if you don't know Him, if you've never entered into that relationship with Him, then right now is your time. This is your opportunity. If you're here and you need Jesus to become your Savior, I'll ask you to just lift your hand. I just want to pray with you. I'm not here to make you uncomfortable or embarrassed. I just simply want to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Church family, would you stand with me tonight, please? I want to give you guys an opportunity to pray tonight. I think it's really important to be prepared. I'm a huge believer in being prepared for whatever we do. I I always put sermon notes together. I always study. I always pray. I always prepare before I ever step into this time to present the Word of God. If I'm going hunting or if I'm going fishing or if I'm going to work on a project, I I always prepare ahead of time. Get all my tools in place. Get all my my, my gear together. Be prepared before you do something. I, I believe we also should be prepared before the persecution should ever rise up against us. So how am I going to respond if I'm faced or confronted with this particular situation? How would I respond in the midst of of someone rising up against me because I make a stand for Jesus Christ? I I would love to give you some some tools. I'd love to give you some equipment. But I'm believing tonight the Holy Spirit's a whole lot better equipper than I'll ever be. And so I want you to take some time tonight and just spend it in prayer and just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, if I should ever be confronted in a situation like this, how would you have me to react? How would you... Listen, it's not a time to fuss and fight, but it's a time to respond in the appropriate manner that the Holy Spirit would speak the truth in love, right? 
And so let's take some time, just spend a little bit of time in prayer tonight before you're dismissed, and let's just have the Lord prepare us, put some tools in our bag so that we can go to work. God bless you as you pray.